Hi, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. For months, we take time to prepare and educate ourselves on this new adventure of motherhood. But as we all know, once the baby is born, we're still left with so many questions and need all the help we can get. Women really should have a sense of empowerment as they begin to experience these life-changing moments. And no one mother has it all figured out. However, the more informed we are, the better decisions we can make that will positively affect us and our family. And that's what this podcast is about. Sharing honest, raw, and real conversations about motherhood, life, and all of the crazy, messy, beautiful in-betweens. To hopefully educate, empower, and support the next mother on her motherhood journey. So sit back and enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. I'm on with a very special guest, Miss Amber Shaw, who is a body transformation expert and founder of the Wellness Revolution. Amber has extensively coached thousands of women age 40 plus from all across the world to get off the crazy train of dieting and find true food freedom so they can feel empowered, confident, and sexy. Amber has spent the majority of her life being what most would call in shape while struggling with body image issues. However, it wasn't until her 30s when her father passed away and her marriage fell apart and she ultimately lost herself that she hit rock bottom. Through self-care, nutritious foods, and a manageable fitness routine, Amber was able to go from a life of barely surviving to thriving, and now she's helping other women do the same. Wow, Amber, it's such a pleasure to have you on. I know I've told my listeners this little paragraph (laughs) about yourself, but why don't you also go a bit more in depth on your family life, maybe your background career, and then also a little bit of your motherhood journey. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for having me. I am so looking forward to this. So a lot of, of people that I find, especially kind of in the health and wellness space, I think that our journey is, can buy, kind of be like a, a windy road uh, and, and how to get here. And this is definitely not where I thought I was going to end up. So for me, I think how I got into the wellness journey really started when I was a kid. I think that I, I know I've always suffered with body image issues. I've always really struggled with my self-confidence and, and it's not that I was an overweight kid. I just was actually a lot more mature, even mature looking. I was a bigger, taller, you know, developed variant at an early age. And I also had a lot of family members that, you know, just not knowing what they were doing, but making comments about my body and about dieting and constantly seeing my mom mom and her friends analyzing themselves in the mirror and all these things, you know, we know as women really play a role on the way that we look at ourselves when we're growing up. And so for me, that really just started kind of a lifelong suffering of feeling miserable in my skin. It eventually led to some bulimia in my early 20s. Fortunately, I I always say I was very lucky that I had the resources to get the help to help me through that because it's a really scary thing. I never really healed kind of the, the mental part of that. And so I spent so much of my 20s just bouncing from one diet to the next, just always chasing it, chasing. I was never happy. I would lose weight and then I want to lose more. I would, and that's why I would just be up and down all the time. And I would say that it really didn't come to a head 
for me until it was after I had kids. So I have, I have two children, uh, a 10 year old, oh, she's almost 10 and an almost eight year old, a girl and a boy. And with both kids, I gained about 65 plus pounds with both of them. Mm. And for somebody like me, who, who was so body obsessed and so insecure, and that was really hard for me. I know why I gained that much weight though. It's because in hindsight, I used my pregnancy as like nine months of binging. Yeah. I right because I was like I've been on a diet my whole life. This is my time. I'm going to eat whatever I want. I'm going to chow down. I'm not drinking so I can eat whatever I want. So if I can interject, I think a lot of women have that notion when they get pregnant and they tend to kind of lean on that and say, yes. oh yes, this is my opportunity to just do what they want without realizing what they're ingesting, what that's doing to their health and potentially what that's, what that's doing to their child's health. I mean, absolutely. Well, and my, I did better on my second pregnancy. I will say I still gained a whole heck of a lot of weight, but my first one, yeah, I ended up bed rest the last several weeks of it because I was preeclampsic. My blood pressure was through the roof, which was crazy to me. I never had high blood pressure, but you know, nine months of completely going off the rails. Your body's like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. My body was like, what, what's happening here? So yeah, absolutely. So then I gave birth, especially after my daughter and the same kind of situation happened after my son where I did lose the weight. And in fact, I was thinner than I was before, but I was not healthy about it. I was so manic about getting the weight off. I was spending hours at the gym. I was starving myself. I was going on these, like, I mean, I can remember the last, one of the crazy diets I did was it was like, I think it was like for 30 days, I ate like only every other day. And then the days I ate, I ate like avocado and cucumber. It was was insanity. Yeah. I didn't know what else to do. I was so miserable in my own body and I equated so much of my worth and my value to the way that I looked that yeah. for me not to have that perfect body just threw me into a tailspin. I mean, who was I without abs? Who it sounds so ridiculous when I say it out loud, but I know a lot of women can, you know, a lot of women listening can identify with that. You know, when you wrap so much of your confidence and your self-worth and 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 the way that you look and you put it on external factors, it's something that you can continue to chase over and over again. Oh, for sure. And may I ask, what was your, what was your background in? Like, what did you go to school for? What was your primarily focus on before then changing into, you know, wanting to create the wellness revolution and wanting to do this as part of your, your career? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually, so I went to school at the University of Florida, go Gators. I actually was a Spanish major, believe it or not. I knew that I wanted to get into some sort of sales. I figured that that was sort of where I was headed. And so I did, I got into sales. I had a very, very successful sales career at the time that I decided to make the leap into what I'm doing now. I didn't even really even make a leap. I, I did it as a side hustle because I was in the middle of a very tumultuous time in my marriage. And I was also turning 40 and I, I was asking myself a lot of hard questions. So when I decided to do that as my side hustle, yeah, at that point I had been in a sales career for about 16 years. I mean, and one that I could do in my sleep and I made multiple six figures at it and it, I was good at it, but I wasn't fulfilled. So you're having this career, you're not fulfilled. You're having, you have your children and we, we, we obviously won't necessarily have to touch on the tumultuous relationship of your marriage. However, was it something that came to head? Was it like just this full package, like you're turning 40 and you're like, wait a minute, what, it, what's going on in my life? And then understanding that if our self-worth, if we're not 
fulfilled within ourselves, it shows with all of our relationships, right? It'll pass down to how we interact with our children or our spouse or whatever the relationships are. So tell me a little bit of your mindset and then we'll go into how your side hustle then turned into what you're doing now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, to answer your question of whether or not with my marriage, did it come to a head? Yes, absolutely. So in about 2018, this is after I'd had, you know, both my children and I was 39 and I had been married for about nine years at that point. And in 2018, yes, it all, it, it came to a head and my marriage really completely fell apart. I knew when it goes back to kind of like how I was feeling about myself, me feeling miserable in my skin and, and that had been my baseline since I was about 10 years old. So to me, that wasn't even really on my radar at that point. Sure. I'd always lived like that. Right. So it was just how I lived. So you're, it's like, it's nothing to you. You're and not like putting this, the two and together. It just is what it yeah, is. Yeah. Like this is how I live. Right. And so I will say that the, the imploding of my marriage was not a direct result of, of my body image issues. It's, it's a lot of other things with that, but when in 2018, when my marriage really, like I said, kind of fell apart, it was a very traumatic time for me. And so with that, it really forced me, as I had said earlier, to just start to look at my life because I had a big birthday on the horizon that, that next February in 2019, I was turning 40. And so I think with these monumental, you know, birthdays, these are times in your life where you really sit and reflect and it's like, okay, what do I want my next 40 years to look like? Right. And so I was like, you know, if my marriage is going to be ending here, you know, where else in my life am I not happy? And I started really just going inward and spending a lot of quiet time with myself and figuring out. And I started realizing like, yes, I'm unhappy, like with my marriage situation, but I'm also unhappy in my job and I'm really unhappy with myself. Yeah. And so I was like, wow, that's a lot, (laughs) you know? And I'm like, how can I, how can I turn what I'm going through and all the pain that I'm going through with my marriage and just trying to now like figuring out, like, I really need to heal myself here and includes my body image issues and all that. How can I turn that into uh, good and, and how can I use it? What, what's the silver lining here? And so I decided I'm um, for my 40th birthday to take a introspective trip by myself to Costa Rica. Oh. It's amazing. Yeah. I did a yoga retreat and I was having a lot of like journaling and meditation time. And it really uh, just hit me that I, I need to take this and I need to be a coach and I need to not hoard all the things that I learned. Cause I've been really doing a lot of work over the last several months, you know, since all that had happened. Sure. How can I, you know, how can I turn this into something good? And so that's sort of how the side hustle really just happened. And also I was, I think I was really searching for something that was going to give me some joy and going Mm -hmm. to give me some purpose because I felt very, very lost. And so, yeah. And so I wanted something to keep me busy and give me some hope. And so that's how I started that. I love how you said that because I think a lot of times as mothers, everything is, oh, and our children. And once you become a mom, like that's it, you know, and we're fulfilled and everything is good. And it's like, at that point, how old were your children? So yeah, they were, they were in essence, almost getting out of toddler phase. One was 
probably like six or five or whatever it was. But yeah, so it's interesting because as moms, I think we think once the children come that we are going to be fulfilled and you're sitting there like, look, I have this and I'm, I know you love your children and all, all of that is good. But you're like, wait a minute, I need more. Like, what is my purpose? What am I what am I supposed to do here? And may I ask, why was it important for you to stay away from the dieting? What I realized is that I, I was tired of being a slave to food. I was so tired of having such an unhealthy relationship with food that it was all I thought about. I mean, always it was like, you know, how many macros is how many calories that I can have this, this food's good. This food's bad. You know, oh my gosh, I had this. I'm a failure. I didn't stick to my diet. Like just the constant, like never really being able to go on a vacation. And I know there's a lot of women out there that are shaking their head right now being like, yes, yes, yes. And, you know, that's when I talk about like really finding true food freedom, you know, which is my main, you know, mission along with, you know, getting women off the diet and crazy train, but yeah, you know, because we tie so much, you know, our self-worth in the way that we look and dieting is not only, I think, detrimental to your physical health. I mean, there's a whole, that we could get into a whole, you know, science lesson on that. But I think the biggest thing for me is what dieting does restrictive dieting, what it does to women's like mental state and Mm -hmm. their confidence, because, you know, when you are on this constant roller coaster where you want to lose weight quick. And so you go on these diets and you go on these restrictive diets that nobody can stick to long-term and you're basically from day one, setting yourself up for failure. And so then what, what happens when you actually live like a normal human being and you maybe have some pizza or beer on a Friday night and you wake up the next day and you feel terrible about yourself and time after time, after time of you doing that to yourself, you start to believe that there's some something wrong with you, that you can't cut it, that your body won't, you know, you will never be able to shed the weight that your body won't work like that. And you know, all that negative talk track. And it's so common, especially for women over 40, I think, because we've, a lot of us have been in that dieting cycle for years and years and years. So yeah, I mean, I think that's really, for me, the dieting was just, I realized how much living like that was just really negatively impacting my life. So you had this epiphany, basically, you know, which I applaud you for taking a trip like that, because I probably would be so nervous. I think a part of me wants to add that to my bucket list, especially now that I have children. I don't know what it's about. Like, I feel like this overwhelming thing of like, I need to just go away for like a couple of days. Uh, And I say children, I just have one. Listen, I mean, if you don't have that feeling that you actually want to get away from your kids for a hot minute, then, then I don't want to say something's wrong with you. Cause that's not fair. However, I do just want to say that it's totally normal. You know, kids really are. And I think going back to a point you had said earlier about, you know, like once you think, once you have kids, you'll be fulfilled. And a lot of times what happens is, is the reverse happens. You actually realize that you are not fulfilled and you're so depleted. And the reason why is because well, let's just face it. And I mean this in the most loving way, but kids will suck the life right out of you. Right. And so when you are constantly in this space where you are, you know, pouring out and you are not filling back up your cup, it is going, you could have something that triggers you and it will be evident real quick that, that something's missing in your life. That happens to a lot of women, And mom, a lot of moms, but what I think happens is that right, right behind that, and this is the most crazy, you know, this feeling everyone can relate to, but right behind that is the mom guilt. 
right? Everybody knows. And that's the most, that's the word I was looking for paralyzing. That's the most paralyzing and shameful feeling I think as moms we can have. And so when I think for a lot of women, we start to feel like we want more and maybe we want to have more time with our friends and our, you know, we want to take a solo trip. We want to get back to who we were before we had kids, but Ooh, that mom guilt, she'll get you. And that's the, I think the clusterfuck of it all, because you're like, you want to go, but you're like, uh, and you want to go and you're like, but I need to go. And it's a whole thing that we do to ourselves. So that's awesome that you did that because I think it is super, super important. So you have this epiphany and you're sitting there and you're like, okay, how does that turn or transition into you becoming, you know, the body transformation expert and the wellness revolution. And I love, what do you have here? The little black dress. Yes, that yeah, little black dress. That is really it's like a it's really a seven day kind of boot camp, not a diet. I, I say all the time, I am not we don't do diets. But really, what it is is almost like a little seven day kind of reset intro of what it feels it. like to like just eat good food, where you're not cutting out whole food groups. You know, clean eating can be good and satisfying, and and you can eat delicious food. So it's really just kind of a yeah. snapshot of of what that can look like. Yeah. So yeah, so you have this epiphany, yeah. and then yep. it's like one. Of those things when I when I hear people's stories and you you all say it and it's like as if it just happened so fast and I know there's a journey with it so what do you do so you come back home and you're like I'm ready to do this so yeah because I am a total I like to say I'm a recovering perfectionist I'm not really recovering I'm constantly working at it but I am a total like doer so of course and of course again I I came back from that trip very like just energized because I've been so down I was like okay I'm going through all this shit with my husband but I've got I've got a purpose now and I'm going to do this right so I immediately came back and enrolled in a year long integrative nutrition program. I've always been fascinated by, you know, holistic health, integrative health, Eastern medicine, all of that. And so I knew that I didn't want to be just another like calories in calories out coach. Like I wanted to really teach women how to use food as medicine, like how to really fuel their body with good foods and not just eating hundred calorie snack packs all day and all that kind of stuff. Right. Like, sure. So enrolled in that program for a year long program. And I had re-upped my personal training certification. I had that certification in my twenties, not because I wanted to use it. It was because I was so body obsessed that I was like, I need to learn everything about so I can be the best version of me. Oh, look at that 360. And I'm sure like a a therapist would be like, oh my God, but isn't that crazy how we kind of manifest and how it kind of leads us back. So that's, that's awesome. Totally. So yeah, so I, I did that and it's really kind of such a crazy story. So I launched my business. I was joke about this because if there's any entrepreneurs out there, like you'll, you'll laugh at this too. So I launched my business at the end of 2019. And I, when I say launch my business, like literally, like I hit like publish on the website, right? Like I, <laughs> like, I didn't even know what I was, and I don't know what I thought was going to happen that like everything was just going to start happening, right? Like nothing happened. Okay. That's, that's where I'm at. So I can't wait to hear this. That's exactly where I'm at with my accounting consulting. And I'm like, you're to- like what the, you're like I just did a I just did a bomb ass website why aren't people calling me what's happening <laughs> okay yes so I so I did that and I got on like in, did an Instagram account did the things that I was supposed to do I had like 300 followers they're all my friends and then the pandemic hit and I was like and, and keep in mind at this point I was still in my sales career right because this is just my side hustle right sure. so the pandemic hit and um, everybody got sent home obviously and I was watching a marketer talk about TikTok and talk about how like TikTok is the wild wild west and I forget she said this the wild wild west of social media and I had heard her say that she grew 8,000 followers in one month and I was like what 
okay. And I was like, I was like, okay. And at this point, keep in mind, I was still really doing a lot of my own healing, even with body image issues and all of that. So for me to get on camera, forget it. Like, I was like, this is so crazy. Like, I'm not going to get, I can't do videos. Like I can't. Oh, wow. And you're beautiful and you're so beautiful, which I'm sure you've, you know, people say not to interrupt your thought, but I'm like, it's so interesting to hear that because yes, I think as women, we're so, so harsh on ourselves and you're not seeing what people on the outside are seeing like, no, but you look so confident. You're beautiful. Look at you, look at this. And inside you're like, I can't get on camera. No, I, I know. And you're so sweet. And I so appreciate that. But you're right. Like, I have to tell you that, like, it's so funny when I always tell people, like, just how bad my fear was of getting on camera, and, like doing a live and everything. Like, no joke. I had no fear that I wasn't going to make money. I had no fear that I wasn't going to be able to turn this into a business. But I was deathly afraid. I had so much anxiety would keep me up at night about like getting on camera. And, and then every time when I first started like doing stuff on social media, no, it would take me 800 takes to do like a 15 second bit. Like it was, so. <laughs> but one thing I will say, and then I'll go back to kind of the whole TikTok thing. But one thing I will say about this, and I always say it's crazy me having to force myself, not necessarily to be vulnerable and open from a word standpoint, because I've always been a very open book type of person, but me having to be open and out there about like, again, being on camera pictures and all of that that actually really forced me to heal even more. I I went from hating who I saw on the camera. I don't mean this to sound like, like cocky or anything, not like that. It was very, a nice switch for me to be able to look at myself with a smile and be like, ah, you know, I'd be friends with that girl. I like, I'm like, you know what I mean? And for me, I can say that because coming from a person that really hated myself for a long time and hated the way that I looked, to me, to be able to look at myself with more of a loving look, that was a game changer, right? So, so I'm grateful. Anyway, so I ended up. So now you're talk, TikTok and it's all videos. <laughs> oh yeah, all videos. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, like I was like, but you know, and I've said this before, it was like my drive to succeed at that point, like totally superseded my insecurities and I just sucked it up and I was like, okay, we're going to do this. And again, it took me hours and hours to record like one video, but yeah, so I got on TikTok and I had, I was on there for just a little bit, maybe a couple months. And I had at that point, like 3000 followers. And I was like, great, this is great. Okay. And I, I was really just starting to connect with women. I was like, how can I get on TikTok and like really speak to my audience? I'm like, what, what's, what makes me different? I'm like, okay, well, I don't know that being over 40 makes me different, but I'm over 40. I'm, you know, I'm really want to empower women. I'm going to start talking to women over 40. And so I did, and I ended up having a video go viral and within like a week, I went to like 20,000 followers. And then like, I had something else happen. And then all of a sudden, I mean, I've built, you know, like a decent sized community and a business was born and it was crazy. And it just, like, yeah, I, it, I know you're sick. Cause that just happened within a year. Yes. I mean, within three months, I was absolutely on my way to being like, okay, I can, I, I think I can quit my job coming up soon. And I will say this though, you also, though, it's not just because I, I have a lot of times too, if there's any entrepreneurs out there even listening, you know, sometimes, you know, it's not just a matter of getting a bunch of followers on TikTok. You, yes. you need to know then how to nurture and what to do with that after it, right? So I had right. really spent a lot of time trying to figure out what my business model looked like and all of that. So when it happened, even though, holy cow, I had to hit the ground running like hair on fire, I was able to kind of absorb it and I knew what to do with it. And I wasn't, I was of course way overwhelmed, but 
Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's a good point to say that because I think a lot of times people see the the reels, right? The reels on Instagram, the TikTok and everything looks great. But that's such a good point for my listeners to hear because it's true. You know, being an entrepreneur, you're like, wait, I had to make sure my back end was, was, was up to par because now it's converting, right? I've learned that. I've learned with some of my clients that have had little Instagram followers or little social media followers and they are banging in their business. And I know people who have large, Instagram followers and they're not really converting. So it's, it's key. So what you're saying is key, which is why I let go of that focus. But what I want to ask you, and then you can go into your point is talk a little bit about that. What did it do to convert? Did you say, Hey, this is what I'm doing. This is the program. I started give a little bit of those tips. Yeah, absolutely. What I want to say too, though, is that you are hundred percent right. And a TikTok coach of mine, she would, she always stresses, she says community over virality. And that's so important. You can have 5,000 followers and if they want to buy from you and they want to work with you, you can make, I mean, 10 times more money than someone that has a hundred thousand followers. So I've had people that have millions of followers come to me and be like, how do I monetize this? I don't even know what to do with it. Right. You have to have a plan. In fact, I'm, I'm actually getting ready, getting ready to do a, a webinar for a bunch of coaches on this thing nice. about TikTok, about how to grow a business on TikTok. So especially when it comes to TikTok, and I really think any social media platform, right? You have to have a plan. You have to have a plan. You have to know who you're talking to, right? So if you're trying to grow a business through social media, whether it's Instagram, whether it's TikTok, you need to be very specific on who your audience is. Who are you talking to? So you're not just trying to make videos to just gain a bunch of followers, because if you have a bunch of followers that aren't going to buy what you're selling, that's a, that's a waste, right? So you want to get really, really specific on, if you've heard of this marketing term, kind of who your avatar is, who is your ideal client. And so when you sit down to make content, you are specifically designing content that speaks to them. What are their pain points and how can you solve them? And so, and that, and I say that not to say videos are like sales, sales videos, perfect examples, you know, my women over 40, right? A lot of them struggle or are menopausal, right? So when I'm making videos, I'm thinking about what's the kind of information somebody's suffering from menopause. What do they want to know? Right. There's that, right? Like getting clear on who you're making content for. That's number one. Number two, really the key is, is having a plan to get them off of that social media and into this is again, another marketing term, but kind of your funnel. And all that means is that you're getting them off the social media platform and into something that you own. So whether that is like an email database, whether Mm. that is a Facebook page, because see, you don't own, not not that we ever own our followers, but, but any, any, an entrepreneur listening to this understands what I'm saying. You know, if, if Instagram goes away, TikTok goes away. Well, what are you going to do? Right. But it's also, there's a secondary purpose of that too, though. You want to also though, be able to get them off those platforms so that you can start to nurture them so that you can start to maybe send them emails, newsletters, whatever it is to start to nurture them in your process. Right. So there's definitely that one way to do that, especially anywhere, Instagram or TikTok, the same rules apply to TikTok really as Instagram, but having some sort of, again, another marketing term, but like a lead magnet, right? And and what that means is it just means sort of maybe like some sort of free offer that is in line with kind of the end goal. Like if you're trying to, whatever program you're trying to lead them to and having that. So when they go to your profile page on TikTok, you know, they're able to click on that. That'll take them 
out of TikTok. So I think that you just, you want to be prepared for that and you want to just have an end game. And this will change throughout the year. I launched sure. a few different programs throughout the year, but you want to be really clear on what's the customer, where do you want yeah. them to go? So I hope that answered your question. Is that kind of what you were thinking? Yeah, yeah so- no. And it's things that I've heard in marketing because I've heard the avatar, but I, I don't know. It just kind of registered because I'll put myself as who's a, a budding entrepreneur. I have my podcast and I left corporate in February and I said, you know, I'm going to build my own consulting for small businesses, right? My background is accounting and HR. I've been in that for 17 years. But I don't think I, I really registered to figure out who specific, I know it's small businesses, but I think I need to even dig deeper and say who within the small businesses that I'm trying to reach. And I've been fearful of like posting a lot because I'm like, I don't even know who I want to help or what I want to help. I, I, I don't know. It's all new to me. So the fact, I don't know, something you said just kind of registered. And I was like, I think I know what I have to do. So you're exactly right. What I will say is I think one of the biggest mistakes I think a lot of new entrepreneurs make is that they think because they're, they have a little, they're operating from a little bit of a fear of scarcity about business. And so they feel like they'll just take anybody, right? Yeah. That's not in the short term. That might be good in the long term, though. You are not going to grow a successful business operating like that. Yeah. So what I always suggest is it's not even just about like, who's your ideal client. It's actually taking it a step further. Like, who do you want to work with? Right. I think a lot of times we are fearful of really getting drilling down into that because we think we're going to alienate like a population of business. But I can tell you is that when you can get super clear on not only like who is your ideal client, but actually who lights you up? Who do you want to work with? What kind of small business do you want to help? You will start to attract that. You just have to be really clear on what you want, because at the end of the day, who really wants to work with a bunch of, you know, people you don't even really want to work with anyways. So yeah, all avatar means is really, it's just like your ideal client. There's different marketing exercises you can do. You can even just Google it like avatar working, probably find some re- resources, but they'll, those, a good avatar exercise is like, they will even have, like, it will even have you drill down to like, where does that person or business like shop? What kind of magazines do they read? Where do they hang out? Like wow. you're really trying to get into the psyche of that ideal client. Love it. I love it. I think actually Damon, Damon, John from Shark Tank, he had, I remember now he said something in a Shark Tank episode, like he chooses people that he wants to work with on that. He's like, there's been people that might not have been that had the best pitch idea, but if he felt a connection and liked them, he's like, I have to work with these people. So that's a very good point, but okay. I want to go back and see, because you just gave some gems and that's amazing. And I can see it's something that has really helped you. What services and programs do you offer these women particularly, right? And it's 40 plus. Yep. I do. I work with women 40 and over. And my, my main objective is when women come to me, they're ready to stop the dieting. They're ready. They are like, I want to, my objective is I want to, I want to lose weight, but I want to lose it for good. I'm tired of doing the yo-yo dieting. I'm, I'm tired of being unhealthy in my body, unhappy in my body. I want to start to look at food differently and build a sustainable lifestyle where I can have that food freedom and feel good in my body. And so when I first started off, I, you know, cause it takes a while to, And again, this is, I think another tip for some entrepreneurs out there, you know, you always have to be willing to kind of like reinvent the wheel, depending on, you know, what your ideal client is and and it can change, you know, what your ideal client really needs and wants. And so for me, I started off with one-on-one coaching because I really wanted to uh, get a lot of in-depth experience um, to see what's working the best, what's not working. And I, and I'm, and I still do one-on-one coaching because I, I love it so much, but that was really important to me. And so from there, 
there, you know, I was able to build out a couple programs. I've got a, a signature program of mine. That's a, it's a 30 day fat loss jumpstart. I'm actually, I, I launch it typically in September, but this is a 30 day, not a 30 day diet. This is basically, again, I always say that because I'm very, very clear on that. It's really a 30 day uh, jumpstart. 30 days is not enough time for a transformation at all, to, you know, for, for anybody, but it is enough time to start to lay a foundation of like, what does it look like to start to, again, build that lifestyle? What, you know, without the calorie counting, without the macro counting, without the weighing of the food, because the way yeah. that I teach nutrition, we're not doing any of that. So I have a 30 day program. And then, then from there came the wellness revolution. So the wellness revolution started as my membership program. Number one, I wanted to build a sense of community. I really wanted a place where women could come and feel safe and just do life together. But also what I've found is really the key to sustainable weight loss is consistency. It's not perfection. It's staying relatively consistent. And I think that, you know, that can be hard because without the support of a coach, without the support of other women, you know, we get bombarded all the time with all these different ways of losing weight and it can get really sure. confusing. So I wanted just to create a support system, a continue, you know, continuation of like your health and wellness along with the fitness program. So it really is just a way to continue in your journey so that you can be held accountable, stay consistent. I did that. And the more that I started talking, you know, about the wellness revolution, this is really where this became such my main platform. I was like, this really is my life's work and my life's mission to change the diet culture, to get women off of dieting. I've seen such unbelievable transformations, not just physical, the physical to me is secondary, right? Because if you can transform the mental, the physical will come, right? So for me, when I coach women, I want, I want them mentally. That's, that's why I want to see them transform and the body will come and that happens. But that's really where the wellness revolution kind of, like I said, movement was birthed. And then from there, now I'm just, now I'm just basically branding everything. Now I just, I got a podcast now, the wellness revolution. I mean, it is a, yes, it is my life's work. Congratulations to you. That's amazing. How has that transitioned with your children? How are they seeing like a different mom? How's the relationships? Cause I feel like this all has to tie together with how you are at home, right? Cause if you're feeling good, look, when mommy's happy, everybody's happy. That's just, that's, I mean, just that is, that's just it. That's just it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, what I will say is that I am so grateful that I was able to like break the cycle with my mm. daughter of having, I think, constantly talking about dieting and constantly showing her, even when I thought she wasn't looking that I was unhappy in my body. And because if I didn't, if I didn't heal, I was going to repeat for her what my mom did for me. And, and I say that so lovingly, my mom is my very best friend and she didn't even know, like, you know, she didn't know what she, right. But I was going to continue that for my daughter. And so I feel like for me, I broke a cycle that I think my daughter will now break for hers. If she has a daughter, do you know what I mean? So I think for me, the bigger picture, you've shifted her mindset. So now instead of correct hearing about dieting or maybe making remarks, now it's in a wellness aspect. Now it's being healthy. Now it's transforming lives as opposed to seeing it just from the surface. And to your point, yeah, I mean, same thing with my mother, my, my, it's like, 
you know, they did the best with what they had with what they did back then. I think now we just know better. We just have so much more resources that it's actually a shame if we're not trying to progress because there's so much that we know we shouldn't be doing. But to your point, the diet thing is still such, what is it like a billion trillion dollar business? Oh my God. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. You know, it's so funny. I was, I was listening to somebody talk about like dieting books and they were saying that basically, and this is just, I mean, it makes sense, but like basically a publishing house won't even pick up a dieting book unless it has some sort of like BS hook. Do you know what I'm saying? Like some sort of like, you know, change your life in this or whatever it is, they won't even. So yeah, the dieting, they're just constantly coming up with these things and it's just, it's, it's just terrible. So yeah, I mean, it's so refreshing. You know, my daughter, she constantly hears me all the time talking about like not dieting and it's a way of life. And she sees me on Friday night eating pizza and she never sees me stepping on a scale and all these things that, that I know are important. So I love it. That's been a big shift for sure. So I'm on your website. So I always like to pull out the program. So I know you mentioned it's turning your, you're now on this revolution to kind of get away from the diet culture. Uh, You also have the free guide to intermittent fasting, which I love. I'm actually starting. Well, I've kind of, my husband and I, I have to give my the kudos to my husband because he's always been the researcher. So there's always times from even years ago, he was like fasting and this, and I don't know if you've heard of clean by Dr. Junger. Yes, actually I have that book. Yes, I did that, which that's supposed to really break down. So you figure out what you're allergic to, not a diet, mm-hmm. but really goes kind of more like an elimination. Yes. Elimination. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. So we've done that. So he's really been, cause I'm not the researcher. He's the one that likes to hear about all these things, but intermittent fast, I know it's a big one. You have the little black dress boot camp. You have your 30 minute discovery session. You have the quick fix. I love it. You have the clean eating program, your 30 day fat loss jumpstart. That's what you're saying starts in September. Yeah. And, and the mama's quick fix, that is really like a program really that's designed for more of a, a de-stressing type mm. of, of a program, a lot of stretching meditation and all of I that. Love that. Because, I love that. Yeah. Because that's another big piece of what I teach because I think as women, as moms, we need to figure out ways to make time for ourselves and to, to de-stress and all of that. So that's kind of the basis of that one. Awesome. And then you have your VIP coaching and of course the wellness revolution. I love it. I love it. I love it. What is the number one issue you see come up with moms or women with regards to fitness wellness? And I guess you can even touch on maybe women now that your space is older women and especially the veteran mamas. What, what is that one issue that keeps coming up that, that you see that, you know, maybe some of my young mothers so that they don't repeat kind of that same cycle? You know, I think, I think it really depends on kind of, like you said, kind of what stage, yeah, what stage you're at. I think a lot of times with the younger, younger moms, what comes up is not making enough time for themselves Mm -hmm. for sure. So when it comes to diet and exercise, they're just eating what's on their toddler's plate. They won't give 30 minutes to themselves to go exercise. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's like a really big issue. I would say with women that are a little bit older, maybe kids are a little bit older, kids are out of the house. And this is kind of actually not even from a mental state, but really just even from a physical state. The biggest thing I see right now is women that under eat. When I first started this business, I thought that I was going to be mostly coaching women on how to eat less. And that I can tell you that I have not had, I maybe, maybe one that I have coached to eat less. What I have to do is teach women how to eat more. Really? Yes. And the reason why, the reason why is because our entire lives we've been fed 
calories in and calories out. And if you Mm want to lose weight, you have to eat less and move more. You're not given all the information when coaches say that to you, because I can tell you this. Yes, that is true that calories are a piece of the puzzle. I cannot deny that that's science. However, number one, it's not the only piece, right? There's so many other factors that contribute to your ability to lose weight, hormones, stress, sleep. I mean, so many things, your blood sugar, I mean, all of it, right? But what happens is, is we've got, you know, you think, okay, uh, well, if I just need to keep cutting calories and cutting calories, so you could cut, you know, you cut calories and, and then your body adjusts and then you kind of plateau a little bit. And you're like, I got to cut again. And you keep cutting and you keep cutting and you keep cutting to what ends up happening is I'm, women are coming to me 45 and up and they're eating like 900 to a thousand calories a day. Now, if you don't have a concept of how little that is, I can tell you that pretty much 1200 calories a day, like no joke is like the, enough or 1100 calories a day. It's enough for like a three-year-old. It is not enough to sustain. And so what happens is, is women come to me and they say, I don't understand. I barely eat. I am, lo- I, you know, I, I eat like, you know, a thousand calories a day and I cannot lose weight. And I say, it's because you're not eating enough. Cause what happens is, is that your body, your metabolism is very adjustable. What you're, when you eat below your basal metabolic rate, which is that, that number of calories that your body needs just to even lay on the couch and breathe when, and pretty much no grown woman's, unless you're like four feet tall and like very, very petite, no grown woman has a, like a BMR of less than like, you know, 1200. Well, they might have, they might have that, but when you throw exercise and moving and, and all of that, right. So it's sure. like, so nobody can really survive off of less than 1200 calories, but your, your body will adjust. Your metabolism will, will slow down and, mm-hmm. and you won't release the fat. You won't, you won't lose weight. So when women work with me, one of the number one things they say is I cannot believe it. I am eating more than I ever have. And I am losing weight and I have, and I, and I don't stress out about going out to dinner anymore and I can go on vacation and enjoy myself. And it's all fine. And that to me, that to me is what food freedom is for sure. I love it. I would imagine there is something to say with how our bodies absorb things as we get older. Women eating quote unquote less because over time they've just been taught to and as they get older, like, but this is what we're supposed to do when they're actually depriving themselves of certain nutrients that their body needs, especially as they get older. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think one of the biggest things that we miss is that inflammation in the body is absolutely a a serious problem. And when we have been under eating for a lot of our lives and we are putting that hormonal stress on our bodies, it absolutely can create some low grade inflammation in the body, which can lead to disease. It can lead to, you know, poor gut health. So absolutely. I mean, when you are constantly depriving yourself of the nutrients you need, the amount of food that you need, it might not always manifest in like issues that you might not realize on the outside, like low energy, or maybe your hair is falling out or anything like that. You might not get to that point, but there's still a lot of things again, like malabsorption of nutrients and all of that, that could be going on in the body as a result of putting so much stress on it from not eating. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, No, that's, I'm sure that's a big one. Okay. So what is next for Amber? I know you have the wellness revolution and and your world domination of eliminating the diet culture, but one, three, five years, what's, what's next for you? 
You know, I think that for me, I really want to just continue to grow my platform. I want to continue to reach as many women as I can, just really spreading and sharing the message of body awareness and, and self-love and really trying to teach women how to be the most confident and sexy version of themselves. So, you know, I definitely am so excited about continuing with my, my podcast and the coaching of women and doing some speaking engagements. And so, right. yes, I am. I love you said world domination because yes, girl. I'm ready for it. I <laughs> love, love it. it. I love it. What does Amber do to recharge, to refill your cup? And then on the flip side, what do you do to relax and unwind? You know, so to recharge and fill up my cup, I absolutely have a dance party every morning. It's usually I'm naked in front of the mirror getting ready. <laughs> my most favorite time. I only wash my hair once a week. Okay. So my most favorite time. Yeah. My most favorite time. And it takes me like two and a half hours to like do the whole process. <laughs> but I look forward. I look forward to that time so much because I put my phone on silence. I like, and I usually share my playlist of like what my morning feels are that morning, like on my Instagram stories. I do like a playlist of whatever it is I'm feeling good about and, and I get ready and I'm by myself and there's no one in the house. And I just, you, for me, dancing is like right up there with roller skating too, though. Right. Like I do love roller skate too, but it's just, I love it. So for me, dance party, you know, music is one of the best ways and dance is one of the best ways to bring your vibration up and really, really change your state of mind. So I love to do that. I also, um, I do meditate. So meditation for me and quiet time is, is really, really important. I try and spend in the morning some time to just be with myself and, and be with my thoughts before the morning gets too crazy. If somebody's listening and say, you know, Hey, you know, morning meditation sounds great, but I just, I'm not a meditator. Number one, I'll say it does take practice. That's number one. But number two, you know, even doing breath work where you're listening to the sound of your breath, or you're doing some very simple breathing techniques can also be a great way to just, you know, calm down your central nervous system and just, you know, be with yourself for sure. Love it. And I think you said relax and unwind yes. for the day. Yes. So I'm going to be just completely transparent here. Okay. I struggle with this one. I'm not going to lie. I, I have to be completely honest with this one. I, I struggle and this is something that I work on. And this is some, this is a balance. This is a dance that I'm working on right now, which is, you know, when you become an entrepreneur, especially, and you suffer with a type A perfectionist personality like myself, there's always more to be done, right? Yeah. There's always more to be done. And when your office is literally the front room of your house, okay. Or you have a laptop that you yeah. can just take wherever. <laughs> or a phone. I struggle with the separation. I struggle with the separation of like bookending my day and transitioning into night. So things that I've really started to incorporate are definitely like essential oils or something that really helped me kind of like relax and unwind. So maybe when it's time to shut it down, putting some in my diffuser, I love kombucha as well. So I love pouring myself a kombucha, but like I said, really? I'll be yeah. To unwind. Yeah. I love it. it. Usually I'll drink it like for morning. I never thought of it as like oh, a kind of decompression. No. Oh, it I love really it. is like for me, you know, I used to do the evening glass of wine and that to me, like, and listen, I still love wine. I'm not going to lie. Like I'm not, I didn't like cut that out completely. I just, you know, it doesn't, especially as I get older, like it doesn't make me feel good like every night. And I realized it was really more about the habit and the ritual for me than it was actually about the wine. 
And then what I also, yeah, what could I, what could I offset it with? Right. And so I started drinking kombucha and I, and I, and I really go out, you know, some people are like really aficionados about like coffee and wine and all that. And I do love all that too, but you know, all kombucha is not the same. And so like, you know, when you go to, I know you're in South Florida, so you guys have Publix. And so, you know, you go to like Publix or your grocery store and that kombucha really like it's not the same. There are some really cool, like craft, really delicious, awesome kombuchas that don't have added sugars in them that are way better choice. So all kombucha is not created the same. So some are like in pub cans and are really, my favorite are one, there's a company in Atlanta, it's in a pub can. And so it's really carbonated and they make one that tastes like beer. Yeah. So anyways, my point was that I just became like, I became fascinated. So yeah. So, <laughs> Love it. So yeah. But again, it is, it is something that I do struggle with. And I, I work on trying to, to figure out how to relax and unwind at night, because if left to my own devices, I would be from morning until awake to sleep and just nonstop work. So I have to work on it. Thank you for your honesty in that my client, what she does is on her calendar, she blocks it out and says, you know, 9 PM, like no screens. And I'm like, Ugh. I'm like, I need no, to, I'm, I know. I'm like, that sounds so good. I would look at it and then I would dismiss <laughs> I know what has helped me though, is I do put a, a limit on like social media. So I'll put like yeah. maybe like an hour for Instagram and Facebook. Cause because it's on my phone, I find it so easy to scroll. And then I'm like in this rabbit hole of scrolling. And then oh I'm like, gosh. what the hell am I doing? Like, like I can't I have work TikTok. to do. Don't get on TikTok then. Okay. I'm just warning you. <laughs> I know <laughs> I haven't even, and I, I am on it no. because I saw another TikTok oh. thing and I was okay. like, yeah, but I haven't, I haven't looked at the, I haven't because I found myself, I looked at a few videos and I'm like, oh, I would be obsessed because oh, you're, it's obsessed. People are funny. People are yes. really funny. Yes. I, I, so I, I get that because it is difficult. And I think when you're especially growing something, plus the whole culture of like work hard, play hard, and you know, you have to go, 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 go. It's just something that's also embedded us along with the diet culture, right? That you just have to be on 24 seven because I'm in the beginning stages of a lot of what I'm trying to do. I kind of give myself grace. And if I'm up late, I'm up late working. And then maybe the next morning I'll sleep in a little bit. That's yeah. kind of my balance, but I would love to get to a place where I actually have like set working hours. Yep. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Yeah. And even of course that even of though I'm working from home, I can say, okay, from this time to this time. And then that's it. But. Right. I know. I know it's hard though. It's so hard. Like I said, especially when you own your own business, you know, that feeling of there's always something more to do. There's always that next level. Um, that's hard. Do you outsource? Have you found to outsource? Yeah, I do have a team that I've got. There's four women on my team that. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. And I think that's another thing too. I think that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with is really not wanting to relinquish some of that uh, control and but you know, you get to a point where you're only going to go as far as you can as a one, one person show, right. You have to, yeah, you have to kind of invest in order to grow. And I got to that point pretty quickly. And so I'm, yeah, very grateful for my team. That's awesome. Okay. So let's do my quick get to know what is your favorite, favorite book or one to recommend? You know, I'm going to say this one because it's one that um, really changed my life when I was going through that time in, when I went to Costa Rica and all of that, this really started my kind of spiritual journey. And it was, a, it's a Gabby Bernstein book. If you don't know who that is, she is a kind of a spiritual spunky New Yorker guru. She's amazing. And the book is the universe has your back. And the premise behind that book really is truly in your core believing if you do believe in higher power, it's God, spirit, universe, whatever that is for you. But 
but that you are always in the right place at the right time. And so, and, and what that allows you to do when you can really adopt that and own that, that allows you to settle into even the most uncomfortable things that you're going through and just believing that, that I'm here for a reason and I can't figure out why, but I'm here. And that, that right there is what got me through my divorce. I love that. What's your favorite organizational or mom hack? (laughs) I mean, I will say like, and I I wish I had it on my desk over here. So I live and die by a planner, live and die. Like, and, and I'm old school. I have a mechanical pencil because I can erase and rewrite. I hand write it out. Like I tried to do the whole digital thing. No, I am a hand. So planner, I live and die by the planner for sure. What's your favorite word? I didn't know where we were going to go with this. So like, I, you know, of could course, it could, <laughs> could be anything, whatever word that you want. It's your okay, word. So I'm not, yes. I'm not going to lie. Like fuck is actually definitely one of my favorite words. Okay. okay. I just, it's so, it's just so good for emphasis. Sometimes there's nothing like it. And it just makes you feel good sometimes to say it. Okay. So I'll say that in a good way, bad, right? If not, yeah, just, it, does, it does. It just, it's, it's, it's a word, but I will also say one of my favorite words is grace. I think that, and my, a lot of my, my ladies that I work with, they, they say this now too, but I'm always saying like, give yourself some grace, right? I think that's such a part of the, the journey of learning to be less perfect so that you can be more consistent is really giving yourself some grace when you feel like you didn't do what you wanted to, to achieve or whatever it is. So yeah, grace and fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. What has being an entrepreneur taught you, but I'll also add what is being a mother taught you maybe twofold. I know two different things, or maybe they do overlap. You're building something, you're creating something, the patience with it. You know, I will say that actually they are linked. I will definitely say for somebody like me who, again, I said type A, uh, perfectionist, a little bit of a control freak. I will say that it has definitely been, you got to roll with it. You got to roll with the punches. That's true in business. That's true just of being a mom because those two, those little humans that you're raising, they are not always going to do exactly what you want them to do. And shit's not always going to go according to plan. And that's the same with business, right? Like that was a really hard lesson I've learned. So yeah, I would say you got to roll with it for sure. Love it. Any final thoughts to the podcast world that you want to leave with? Don't underestimate the power of your own voice. And sometimes as moms, we are so used to, and we are so conditioned to listening to everybody else's voice and what everybody else wants and everybody else's needs that we don't even hear anymore our own voice. And so an easy way for you to kind of reconnect with yourself is giving yourself some space and some quiet time. And not everybody gets to go to Costa Rica. And I get that, but I don't care if you have to spend five minutes in your class closet with earplugs in. I have to tell you that I have seriously solved some of my like biggest life issues during those quiet moments where I was able just to silence the noise and just really actually connect with my intuition, with my thoughts. So I just, if you're, you know, I just really want to impress that upon you to, to, to don't underestimate the power of your own voice. I love that. I love how you just said, and really connect and dive in with your intuition, because I think sometimes we overlook that when the whispers are there and it's telling you what you should do in all aspects of life, but because there's so much noise, we're not listening to it. So I love that. Love that. Love that. Thank you so much, Amber. It's been a pleasure having you on. Good luck with everything. I will definitely be looking into downloading the program. And I always put in my show notes where people can find you. But if you want to also kind of put out there where they can find you, go ahead. 
Absolutely. So I hang out on Instagram and TikTok. I'm Miss Amber Shaw. That's MS Amber Shaw. And you can also find me on my website, which is ambershaw.com and the Wellness Revolution podcast, which is on Spotify and Apple. Love it. Thank you so much, Amber. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining me this week on the Mama's No Best We Got Something to Say podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, NGC Consulting, where you can find them at NicoleGConsulting.com. For more motherhood resources, check out TheMotherhoodVillage.com. Make sure to subscribe to our show so you'll never miss an episode. And if you found value in this episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or recommendation to a friend works too. And join us next time for another amazing conversation. Continued blessings to you all for love and light.